Lochani Agwande, Lichoni Langesi, SL Africa. Very good evening to you. Thank you so much for having lent us your ears this evening. On Rise of Heaven 60 minutes, it has just gone 31 minutes after 7, leaving us with about 29 minutes before the top of the hour, that is at 8 o'clock this evening. I'm joined by, you know, the National Treasury. Uh, you, know, they, you know, we've invited them to come and just help us understand, you know, how does government tend on simplifying the processes of doing business with government through public procurement and also to assist future suppliers and as well as those who are in higher institute of learning particularly studying uh, you know in the fields of logistics and to you know what does then you know simplifying processes of doing business with government means for them if you have any questions this evening and particularly on various spheres of government and so you more than welcome as well to come through on our WhatsApp line number two seven two double eight five double seven zero two Namkanage Ugas Twitter at Rise FM nine four three. It's an open line from now up until the end of the show. In this next one hour, I'll be joined by the chief director. Um, you know, just to help us understand, you know, what does it mean, you know, to simplify the processes of doing business with government. The chief director, uh, says Rahadi Mutseto, she's going to join me in understanding, you know, this simplification of processes or how these processes are now simplified. She will join us in just a few. On Rise of Fem in 60 minutes, good evening and welcome to Rise of Fem. This is Raza Femme in 60 Minutes with Musa Skosana. As mentioned to you, Pumalanga, that this evening the Chief Director in the National Treasury will join me to help us understand what does it mean now to simplify processes of government, uh, you know, of government, particularly if you are a service provider. Sisra Khadi, good evening. Good evening, Mosi. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm trying. I'm trying my best tonight with this fluid uh, voice. Yeah. I, I hope it carries me through the whole hour. Without a doubt, I'm sure it will because, you know, you've got a lot of information that you need to share with us, you know, this evening, particularly in simplifying the process of doing, you know, business with government. Maybe let's begin by understanding that, you know, this campaign or this initiative of the department or particularly of the National Treasury in that front, is it a new uh, concept? Has it been done before? Um, yes, it's, it's not a new concept. We have started doing it in, in 2017. That is after we established the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer in, in 2013. Um, uh, and then in 2017, that's when we started reaching out to suppliers um, across the country. And we went through um, that process by using the community radio stations. But we struggled a little bit because most of them were not compliant when it came to, to the CSC. So we were limited in terms of how far we can reach the suppliers. And then we repeated it again, and when we were still under lockdown in 2020, um, we rolled it out in KZN, and then we did it again in Limpopo, Northwest, and, and Southing. 
And this is the first time, our first time in Pumalanga. And then we have done Northwest already, and then we did the national one um, for, for the entire country that we finished yesterday. So this whole April, we're going to spend it in Pumalanga every Tuesday evening. Mm. Well, we definitely uh, want to welcome you with proper, uh, you know, uh, messages here in the province of Pumalang. But I suppose this is a, you know, this has been a consistent conversation, you know, amongst ourselves here in the province. And we're so fortunate this evening to have you, you know, you know, shapering, you know, the way we've been thinking and the way we've been dissecting this information. But, you know, from how, how, you know, the campaign has been rolled out in, in, in several other provinces, what are some of the contentious issues, particularly, you know, in the processes itself, you know, that you took away and you do like to share with Mpumala? The, the problem with, 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 with supply chain, most of, most of the suppliers tend to think it's the easiest, easiest thing that they can do. And, and this is not an easy task to do um, because there's a lot of information that they need to get through for them to understand how did we even end up getting to advertise the tender? So if at all they don't know what happens before they see a tender, they tend to miss out on most of the opportunities that, that can come up through, through the tenders that we have done. Like now, we have started um, the new financial year on last week already, on the 1st of April. So those are the things that they need to understand and not see the SOPA and the SONA as an event where people dress up. There's a lot of information um, that they need to take out that will help them uh, to determine whether they want to participate in the process or not and whether they have a chance of even making it in this process. And also for, for the students on, on, on the other side is that they are studying logistics. And when you look at logistics, it's the third layer of, of the whole supply chain management process. Mm. So they're missing the most critical parts that above that come before logistics, which is your your planning as well as your acquisition, which is procurement. Mm. So we want them to be ready and know that this is what awaits them should they wish to apply for internship um, within the government institutions across mm. the country. So it's a very, very complex um, process, mm. and that is why we try to simplify the best way we can for them. Okay, let's get into just maybe the process of just simplifying it. I'm listening to Umusa Ogaskosana, Ukulmanosis Rahadi Mozeto. They're talking about simplifying the process of government, but I don't really have a business. You know, for a new business owner or for a new business starter, you know, talk us through the transactions there that needs to happen for me to be able to be in the position to deal or transact with government. Um... Suppliers tend to, the first part that they think uh, when you do business, uh, when you want to transact with business is to get on the TFD. That comes after. Um, there are no shortcuts to this. Thing. So you need to understand um, if they want to transact with government. Firstly, how do we plan as government? Where do we find the information that they need in most of the documents? Where are they going to find it? Um, because when we publish these documents as government, we don't publish them for ourselves. We publish them for them as the public to get um, access to this information and use it for for the best of to the best of their ability. Mm. So they need to pay attention what all these processes that are televised annually mean for them because they touch on certain sectors that they trade in. Sometimes we talk about the refurbishment of roads in the sauna. But it doesn't happen in Pumalanga. It, will, it has to happen in another province. So they need to understand that 
in the SONA, there will be those priorities that will guide us as, as departments. What is it that we need to do? Um, provinces, what is it that they need to do? As well as municipalities, as well as um, state-owned entities. So they need to follow information that applies to their sector so that when they see um, the tenders coming out, they're not late to engage with government in terms of what is happening, where does this tender come from? Um, so they need to know that it started with the sauna and it flowed down through mm. different processes until it translated into a tender. Mm. You, know, you mentioned the central uh, you know, supplier database, which is known as the CSD. You know, when it was introduced, it came as a, you know, you know, it came as the first step towards simplifying, you know, the supply chain management in government, particularly dealing with service providers. But, you know, over the years, we've seen that, you know, it anticipated to see a reduction in the rate of corruption. But however, many have fallen victim of the very corruption within the very system of CSD. Talk us through how then does CSD somewhat in a way produce, you know, results of corruption, particularly on the people who are on the receiving end? Um, I think, I think uh, next week, we're going to talk on the systems and the CSD is the main one that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. But um, as it relates to, to, to the SONA, um, in 2015, it was one of the priorities that came out of the SONA that as national department, uh, we have to find ways of cutting costs or reducing the cost of doing business on behalf of, of the suppliers so that they don't have to duplicate the papers or to set them, go and certify them and pay money um, in terms of transport to go and drop those um, batches of documents in different institutions. So what we have done was to pull all those administrative requirements where we need your your ID, your bank account, your tax compliance status, um, your company registration, and pull them into into and place them under one system so that suppliers can register themselves and um, without paying anything. And then as government, when we do for such suppliers, we go to the same system as a whole mm. um, government across all provinces. Because if at all uh, somebody's staying in Kumalanga and they want to submit for a tender that is in Pretoria, it means they have to incur costs, travel to Pretoria to come and submit the same information that we can pull out of the CSD. So it's, it's, it's one of the priorities that came through the summer in 2015. So we developed that policy and the system and introduced it in 2016. Mm. So it, it does touch on, on, on the topic for, for, for today in that, in that way. But next week, we are going to be dealing with the CSD and the agendas. Mm. And it's just gone at 19 minutes, just before 8. You're on Rise of Femme in 60 minutes. I'm in conversation with Rahadi Moteto. She is the, um, you know, she's my guest this evening. And, uh, you know, she... She is from the National Treasury, speaking about simplifying the processes of doing business with government through public processes. Now, Sister Khari, maybe let's talk about this notion. You know, there seems to be a notion that government would not transact with companies. You know, let's say, for instance, we registered last week. You know, there's always a sense that, you know, the company registration date reveals the company, you know, capabilities. Um, not necessarily um, on, under the RFQs when, when we do um, transacting. The, when, when we dis- decide on the method of procurement, which is some of the topics that we'll talk about over the week, sure. uh, when you decide on, 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 the, on the method of procurement, you, you have to assess the risk that comes with, with what you want to procure 
then you can determine whether experience is necessary um, to be to be a criteria to to select the supplier or not. If you want somebody to deliver printing paper, um, there's no need for somebody to have experience of nine years to just deliver printing paper. It, it's just not um, a practical. But when it comes to to complex um, commodities and services, experience is very 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 critical. If at all a supplier was 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 trading, um, I'll say informally, and then they decide to to register their company um, and then becomes a formal company. Whenever they ask for experience, what they can do, they can go and get what we call um, um, reference letters from the service, the companies or the, the clients that they used to um, service to prove that they have been in this industry doing this work for this period just for us to be comfortable that if we give them this amount of work, they'll be able to deliver and manage the risk as well. If, if you just join into the conversation, the National uh, Treasurer Chief Director, uh, Sis Rahadi Motseto, she's my guest this evening. If you have any questions around, you know, you trying to somewhat transact with the state, particularly with, you know, our South African government, you're more than welcome to weigh in on this conversation. And this evening we're looking at, you know, just the planning of, you know, some of the big events, particularly the SOPA, the SONA, and, you know, the tabling of the budget. You know, what does it really mean for you and I? You know, are there even business opportunities that you and I as service providers could, you know, somewhat, you know, benefit from those events? Now, Sister Rahadi, please detail what suppliers should take from the SONA, the SOPA, and even, in, I suppose, and even just the tabling of the budget and, you know, and, 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 and various strategic planning documents, you know, the annual performance and, you know, the procurement plans. What should suppliers sitting at home sometimes watching the president, watching various premiers of our country detail, you know, the state of the address? What should they take away from, you know, from those addresses? Okay. Firstly, with with the sauna, um, we we tend to be working backwards. Um, what we, what you see the president talking about in February is just to give us the, the report in terms of what we have done the previous year based on the commitments that he made say in 2021. Then he'll give an update on that. Um, that process will start the year before. Um, in, in <coughs> sorry. It will start the year before collecting information from different institutions where we have to account that last year this were the objectives or the, the priorities that we were supposed to deliver on and this is how far we have gone. And then thereafter they will make an undertaking in terms of what are the plans for the coming year, which is this year now that that started on the first of April twenty twenty two. So within the SONA what you will see uh, you will find what we call priorities of national importance. Those are gender-based violence and the support for, for SMEs, which will run across all provinces, irrespective of which political party is running that particular province. So I've seen so far um, four of the provinces of five that are alluding to the relief funds or support for SMEs mm. and also the kind of the farming of cannabis, which will require a proper licensing, of course. Mm. Um, so meaning that um, within the SOPA in, uh, in Pumananga um, or any other province, you will see that <clears throat> sorry, the priorities will be, you'll have those national priorities and then they will add the provincial specific priorities. For instance, in Pumalanga, uh, you can only talk about uh, the research initiative that is happening through 
the University of Mpumalanga, you know, partnering with Trinity University of Technology because the University of Mpumalanga is only in Mpumalanga. You can't find it elsewhere. Mm. And then again, in the part of Mpumalanga, you find that there's this integrated human settlement that the Premier made reference to uh, to provide people with service sites uh, instead of houses so that people can build their own houses and also there is this um, other element of revitalization of mining towns, and already those they have listed the areas where this revitalization is going to happen, which is Emalasini, I think, Steve and Tabatri. So when you go, because these these, these priorities for Pumalanga, they have to do with human settlements. When you go to the strategic planning documents for human settlements, you will find those 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 priorities. Uh, priorities reflected over a five-year period, meaning it will be uh, the year 2022 to 2023, ending uh, 31st of March next year, and then 23, 24 in, in that fashion. And then, pardon <coughs> me, thereafter, it will be broken down. Um, let's say, let the, let's take the revitalization one of mining towns. You will find that it's broken down in the annual performance plan into quarterly targets just to make sure it's achievable. We find that in the first quarter, they will say they will do a proper research in Emalasini and Sistrete. And then in the second quarter, they will be doing some implementation there and doing uh, feasibility studies in, 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 in Tarachu. So it breaks down for that financial year into, into quarterly targets. Once that is done, they have to assess whether the quarterly targets that they have they have to achieve will require any procurement of services or expertise to make sure that as government we can deliver on that meaning are we going to need contractors to provide those services if not <coughs> if yes that will be reflected in what we call a procurement plan that we have uh, that we publish quarterly in, in, in the in the in the e tenders portal is one of the systems that I will touch on next week. Mm. So with the procurement plan we simply say to to the suppliers, this is what we intend to procure in the next quarter. Either you get ready if it's in you are, you are in the sector of human settlement, if you are providing anything to make sure that this particular uh, objective is realized by the Mpumalanga government, mm. then you start getting ready because if by the time you see the tender, you might be very late um, in terms of getting all the compliance requirements in place to make sure that if they say you want to, you want to have a COIDA certificate that you have to get from Department of Labor, it takes something like um, four to six weeks. And you look at how long it takes for us to un- to advertise the tender. It takes the minimum of 21 days, mm. meaning that by the time you get the certificate, already you have fallen out within the 21 days, the tender would have closed. So most suppliers are not aware of this process and the information and how to interpret it so that they look out for those tenders within, within the sectors that they transact in the, the, the sectors that they trade in. So they need to follow these, these priorities to a point where they see them translate into tenders when they are advertising the tender bulletin or the e-tenders portal or any local newspaper. Mm. On Rise of Firm in 60 Minutes, we'll take this uh, short breather. When we return, we'll also take your questions and comments if you'd like to weigh in on this conversation. The number to dial 072-885-7702. That's on our WhatsApp line, 013-757-0096. You're on Rise of Firm in 60 Minutes. Let's take this breather. When we return, uh, 
Usisrahari. She's still our guest this evening. Where the facts and opinions build the discourse. Raza Fem in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. Tying the opinions into a single narrative. Raza Fem in 60 Minutes with Musas Kosana. Rise from 60 minutes. It's an open line throughout the, I mean, throughout the course of the program. Number to dial 072-885-7702. That's how you get in touch with us via WhatsApp. 013-757-0096. That's the number, you know, for you to also get to probe. Mrs. Rakhari, as she is my guest this evening and chief director from the National Treasury. We're looking at, you know, the ways of simplifying, I suppose, simplifying the process of doing business with government through public processes. And uh, if you just joined us, Mrs. Rakhari was just explaining that how important of us as service providers to look into, you know, what is, or, or, you know, detailed in the state of, state of the nation address and as well as the state of the provinces address and, you know, just follow it through you know when you know when certain things are announced you know you know just follow through until you know they advertised you know as a form of a tender for you as a service provider to be able to be in a position to you know then you know get into relations or dealing with government in that front um i understand that we have about three questions and i'll try and just you know relay them to you and then maybe we'll you you know deliberate on them and you know as to you know, also what do you make of them? Zero seven two double eight five double seven zero two. Let's uh, take more of the reaction. Uh, hello, Musa. Lao kulumano sandi So minelang the question because I really don't understand which why the government is spending imali any boma so na so instead of spending the maleyoge because they spending a lot of money. Uh, event while we don't have uh, but they spend a lot of money. I really don't understand, but which why, yeah. Question, I mean, Leon that is Usandile there from Epabaton. We'll take more reactions. Number to dial 072 I, I couldn't hear a word of what he was saying, okay. Um, 
Okay, let me try and get my producer to ensure that you can also hear some of these voice notes and also, I mean, we'll get, yeah, we'll get maybe your reaction on them. Let's maybe play another one and also I'll get to tell you, you know, you know, maybe what the first one was saying, yeah. Okay, that's government <laughs> Yeah, Sister Rahari, were you able to hear this one though? Mm, not. I oh. can hear the sound, but it's breaking as well. I can hear. I just heard South Africa several times. Okay, cool. So the first, you know, the first, I mean, first voice note we got was from Usandile, who's in Babaton, one of the areas here in Bumalanga. And also the second voice note was from Uprince Wagavilagazi. So basically, you know, they seem to be, you know, wanting to know. At least Sandy was saying, why are we spending so much money on the SOPA, you know, instead of using the very same money in also capacitating, you know, the lives of the, of those who are, you know, disadvantaged in our country. Uh, Prince was also somewhat echoing those sentiments saying that, uh, you know, instead of, you know, you know, convening this event, why then don't we look for somewhat of a, another option of paying for, I mean, he mentioned television in that, you know, voice note says, why don't we pay for television? And, you know, we all convene around the television and just watch it instead of, you know, spending exorbitant amount of, of money, you know, of these officials going there. Um, I think over the years they have uh, reduced the, the cost of, of, of the sonar and the sofa and it's entirely... On, on, on the on the on the provinces as well to to make sure um, whether they determine whether where are they going to cut cut costs and what is it that they're going to be doing with the money because before they get the money they have to come to the national treasury through the provincial treasury to um, submit their proposals in terms of what are the projects that they need to do and also if at all it, within the, the premier's office they have the budget to do that. Um, other social services are sitting with with uh, Department of um, uh, Social Services, so um, then it, it becomes a, a bit of a problem to say to the Premier, cut the cost and put the money there, um, whereas um, they are expected in terms of um, the Constitution to make sure that everybody has access to this information. Yes, we use the, the public broadcaster in terms of making sure that everybody gets information. We also use the community radio stations to make sure that everybody is informed in terms of what is happening in government. But um, it's something that when, when the Premier is asking for comments um, in the next OPA or the next um, uh, budget through the MSC of Finance, they can give their inputs and say, look, this is what we, we, we see ourselves. We want to see the changes in this particular environment and put the money where we can see people being being supported. And again, uh, it is important that when we put um, a request for public comments as government on policies, um, that, that the public make sure that they give their inputs to, to, to this um, 
policies that we put out for public comment because once they are promulgated, it becomes difficult for government to go back and change what has been promulgated. Mm. That is why by law, we are expected to go into the public and ask for input in everything that that we tend to do that is going to be impacting on their lives as well. Mm. You know, I want to ride on just maybe the last, or maybe the question that was posed by Prince there to say, has Treasury maybe looked into even cutting more by somewhat diverting those funds into, you know, the newer mediums of, 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 of broadcasting, such as, you know, the virtual? Because, I mean, we've seen that COVID has had, a, you know, a, a huge impact globally, particularly on how we had been doing things. You know, are we most likely, you know, as a country, maybe somewhat to look into having, you know, this event, particularly these events virtually? It is a bit tricky um, because we have to balance whatever we are doing as government. For instance, if, if for let's look at, at what happened during COVID-19, mm-hmm. right? We were forced to work from home. Yes, we are grateful that we have these virtual platforms that we can engage to. But there are other um, people in different sectors that were impacted by us working from home. You have the suppliers who were supposed to um, um, render services such as the catering because quarterly in our office we have to meet with the nine provincial officers for our SDM forum. So if they're not coming to the treasury face-to-face, whoever was, was providing catering or had a chance of providing catering, that opportunity goes away. Mm. If we don't order printing paper because we work on a screen, then it takes away somebody's grade as well. So those are some of the things that we need to be considering when off when when we take decisions so that we don't look the focus on one thing only to find that we destroy um, the economy or the activities or the bread and butter for other people who were dependent on, on providing such services. Maybe you find that through the SOPA and the SONA, you hire somebody who can provide them a key. That person, is, it's their business. They're looking for it, right? If at all um, and we go on the platform we do online, as a radio station, what what is it that you're going to get if we don't procure a space on on your radio for interviews mm. to, to make sure that it generates income? So we need to to strike a balance when we take decisions as government and not be abrupt in terms of this is what um, um, Sandile says we must cut, only to find there was somebody who was providing that service for that particular event. So we need to be very um, careful how we approach it to make sure that we don't just cut somebody's lifeline mm. and then they're left with no food on the table. So it's a very, very sensitive and a very, very fragile kind of balance that we need to strike as government. Mm. Maybe let me squeeze in this tweet that has come on as well at Rise of Fab 943. That's our Twitter handle if you also want to be part of those who are sending their messages and as well as, uh, you know, just questions here. Uh, you know, Sister Rahadi, you know, uh, ooh, what's the tweet handle? At Makabaza uh, 1979, he says that one of the things that you must add on the conversation okay. is the court ruling on preferential uh, procurement okay. being unconstitutional. All right, we can talk about it next week. It's not a problem. Okay. Yeah. 
you on Rise FM in 60 minutes. It's an open line throughout the course of the program. If you also would like to weigh in with your questions, we are definitely taking them. Number to dial 072-885-7702. The Chief Director in the National Treasury is my guest this evening, which is Rahadi Mozeto. She's uh, just helping us understand how is government trying to simplify the process of uh, you know, doing business with government through public processes. We now maybe shift into, you know, another conversation I'd like you to touch on, you know, that why does Treasury thinks it's important, you know, to have these conversations in, you know, particularly on public procurement? Um, look, we, you, you will notice that as we go along over the, the, the remaining three weeks, that there are so many things that um, tend to impact on whether we get the services locally or we import them. And and uh, we will want to encourage suppliers to, to make sure they even move from, from what we call low-value commodities to to manufacturing so that we source what we need um, locally within the country. And also, um, the reason why we're doing it, um, and, and these elements that we're talking about today, are important for public procurement because in every industry that they they transact in just additional requirements that they need to comply with outside um, the the CSD as well as the criteria that will be advertised um, with the tender for 21 days, um, they need to get your COIDA certificate. Sometimes if they are going to transact in what we call transversal contract, I will unpack it, I think, in the third week. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the products um, are leaning towards uh, manufacturing, and then they require what we call um, test reports, capability reports, uh, SANAS accreditation. And those reports and, and those those those, those um Certificate. They take longer than than the 21 days. So by the time they see the tender at the time, and they have to go and apply for those reports, by the time the tender closes, or by the time they get those reports, the tender has closed already. But if they are aware and they see what we have captured in the procurement plan, then it gives them that time ample time to go and make sure that they look at the requirements within within the industries that they're in. Mm-hmm. For instance, in, in the medical space, you will need those test reports if you have to supply government with, with um, shoes because we do have uniform tenders um, that, that are, are catered for under transversal contracts. They will tell you we want a certain t- criteria of boots that you will check that if you check your shoe inside, it will tell you that the sole of the shoe is rubber, and then the top part will be, the upper part will either be leather or fabric. So those kind of um, um, test reports are required. If you're going to supply um, a machine, and you, you must bring a capability report. If you say this photocopy, I can photocopy a thousand pages. Mm. That capability report must accompany that, that tender. So if you see a tender already, and you don't have this report, test report, your SANAS accreditation, you might miss out or definitely going to miss out on the tender because if you don't submit those minimum requirements that are mandatory, you will be disqualified. Mm. I just got a voice, uh, I suppose, a voice note and a text, but I'll you know, maybe start with a text that says, the problem with the bread, Yamasona, is that we find some company catering year after year the government cannot be feeding the same company 
forever. Let's rotate. Okay. Um, the catering is, uh, it comes in different categories. Um, the catering for me and, and, and my nine provinces, mm. it comes in that group at the, at the, at the um, CSD and you select um, the caterers around Pretoria, closer to the office. And then you get the quotations, they evaluate on the price, and then they, they appoint whoever. But that one is easier because even in the CSD, it gives you the suppliers randomly now. But when you're dealing with with a certain categories of officials, imagine if you were to hire somebody who doesn't have a health certificate because when you cater for a, a certain number of people, you must then have to meet those requirements like your occupational um, health certificate. Where are you working from? Is it healthy? We do an inspection. So that one is a long term because sometimes, let's say, in the president's or in the premier's office, they tend to have events frequently. So you can't be going to... to, to I'm sorry, to, to the CSD to select suppliers in, in that session. What they will do then, they will advertise that tender and appoint somebody for three years with those requirements that we want to do an inspection in the building or the facilities that you're working from. We want to vet the people who are working in, in your company just to make sure that once they're in this environment with, with their dignitaries, they won't create any program. So that one is a bit is a bit tight in terms of the criteria of selection. That is why they are appointed maybe for a three year contract or they are multiple, they appoint them on what we call a panel of service providers and they are vetted to make sure that when they move within the dignitaries, they are safe with, with those caterers in, in the space. Because with us you just have a caterer who brings the food, they lay out, we take a break, we go dish out for ourselves, we go back, we pick up and go. But this one, the security issues and the safety issues. So it, it, most of the suppliers hardly comply with those requirements at that level. Mm. That is why you will think they are appointing one supplier over and over again. But if you reach that level where you have a dedicated space that meets all the health requirements, then you can bid for that tender when it comes out as well. You know, Sister Rahani, on that, you know, on those long-term contracts, but then now then as the National Treasury, you know, try to somewhat, you know, step into that space and, 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 and encourage competition, you know, amongst companies because we can't be, you know, somewhat be seen as a department, for instance, awarding one company that has been doing our events for the past three years where, you know, even the space or even the industry itself is evolving where you could have other players who are more advanced than the person whom you have contracted uh, somewhat three years or two years ago? Mm. The thing is, once you sign a contract for, for three years, you have to let it lapse before you go back and, and advertise and, and appoint somebody. You can't stop and say there's new things in the market, so we're kicking you out. Mm. Right. So the contract is binding for three years. After three years, then they have to review um, their specifications to make sure that they are responsive to what is happening in the industry and the market. And, and in so doing, and there's another process that they can follow that we'll touch on, I think, in the last or third week that we call um, request for information, just to make sure that the specifications that you're going to put out, they are in line, they're keeping up with the development in, in the industry. And and and. Once you do, once you get information from the industry uh, through that RFI, then you can go and adjust your 
your, 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 your specifications to make sure that you attract new entrants to, to the market. That is why with the competitive bids, they have to be advertised so that even those who are new entries in, into that particular sector can still apply for, 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 for that particular tender. Mm. Let me take you know, this new voice notes that have now come on. Hopefully, you'd be able yeah. to hear them now. You're on Rise FM in 60 minutes. It's an open line throughout the course of the program. 072-885-7702. It has just gone 10 minutes just after 8. Be of those that have sent their voice notes, uh, you know, in probing Usis Rahadi on simplifying the processes of government, particularly in dealing, you know, I suppose, in dealing with government and also for, you know, service providers who intend on be uh, i suppose or being on the um, government database to also be able to service government let's hear some of your views mpumalang i mean i'm saying this thing has been happening for the past five ten years uh, government has been saying that they will improve their system they will improve their systems and nothing has been coming forth and so we want to understand what will be different now because small business some of the businesses have been hit hard by COVID, for, for instance. And beyond that, uh, small businesses have been struggling to get payments from, from, from departments, from, from local government. And we don't understand because there's a, there's, there's a certain uh, a, a days set for each invoice to be paid, but it's not been happening. And we are, we are, we are asking, Gutsi, how is it that the Department of Treasury will assist to ensure this thing is implemented and people are able to implement it correctly? Uh, you have to repeat everything because I only had yeah okay uh maybe we might have just a challenge there but i'll 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 definitely do confer you know you know maybe a synopsis of what they're saying let's you know get more voice yeah. notes just maybe to your direction okay. All right. uh good uh, evening uh rise fm uh my question for your guests there is the first one is uh, what are the interventions that the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer have in uh, in provinces? Sister maybe let me just start with this last one that we have just played now. Yeah, now yeah. It talks of, you know, your office. What sort of interventions has your office, you know, done in various provinces um, of our country? Um, because we have provincial treasuries and the OCPO is part of the treasury, um, we expect the provincial treasuries to, to really service um, the provinces. And the reason why we, we run in this campaign, uh, we run in this campaign because most of the things that we're talking about are uniform across all provinces um, and all organs of state and, and mainly because, um, uh, because of uh, it, it's difficult for suppliers sometimes to leave um, their work to go and attend what we call supplier days. So we, we decided, you know what, let's just reach out to them uh, on, on radio platforms so that after they are done with their work, then they can listen and, and, and get this information without interrupting their own businesses. So the, the provincial treasury is, is the replica of the national treasury um, in the province. So whatever we say as the treasury is something that we have consulted with the provincial treasury in Pumalanga. Uh-huh. So they are aware that we are doing this thing in the province. It's something that we agreed on 
um, during our SDO forums that in this particular year, these are the provinces that we're going to touch base with and share this information just to give equal opportunity and access mm. to this information across all nine provinces. Then I would suppose that, you know, the, you know, the first, the first voice note we played was, you know, somewhat placing a quest on departments in the province because he was alluding to the fact that there's a stipulated amount of days that service providers or even SMMEs or companies or service providers that deal with government should be paid. However, it often lapses where it goes beyond the stipulated date where service providers are not paid. And then he was asking, you know, what is Treasury doing to to somewhat ensuring that that thing does not persist in the various departments? Um, this is one thing that 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 tends to to trade through because where we are, um, and I'm, I'm I know I'm going to to, to sound a bit uh, confusing. Supply chain falls under what we call financial management, right? So when you do supply chain or procurement, once you receive um, the products that you have or you have procured, that's when procurement would end. So everything else moved to to financial management. So it's outside the financial management, uh, the supply chain space. However. We understand and we acknowledge that the non-payment of suppliers tends to impact on the continued um, service provision from those suppliers on the procurement side. That is why we have said um, to, to, to our, our colleagues in the provinces, can you please um, pay suppliers on time? Because sometimes the challenge that is there with, with the officials, they tend to withhold um, invoices, if at all, the suppliers' uh, tax status lapses or changes uh, within the process. And the instruction notes or the policies that we have issued, they, they really, really don't condone that. We are saying to, to institutions, you need to play the supplier within 30 days of receiving that particular invoice. If the tax status of the supplier changes after you have awarded them the RFQ to deliver, or they have delivered, you still have to pay them so that they can sort out their tax issues with that. Because FAMS didn't appoint any official of government or supply chain to collect the taxes on their behalf. Mm. Meaning that the only way you cannot award a tender to a supplier when the, it's when their tax data is not complied, so you can't award. Even then, you still have to give them seven days to go and sort out their tax issues and then come back. If that seven days lapses after you have written to them formally, then you can exclude them. However, if you award, you give somebody a a purchase order, they deliver, and then during that period, the tax date has changed to non-compliance. You still have to pay them. You are not an agent of SARS to collect the taxes. Pay them mm. so that they can go and sort out their issues with SARS. And that is the frustration that suppliers have, that they are told, go and talk to SARS before we pay you. How can they pay SARS if you are withholding money from them? Mm. Um, and also because you are not appointed by SARS to collect taxes on their behalf. Mm. So but- it is important that when the suppliers render the service, they must be paid within the 30 days of receiving that particular invoice. It doesn't mean if... Um, I receive the invoice today and I go and leave and speak. Then when I come back, the other person will have to start counting the 30 days from the day they receive um, that, that invoice. The invoice is received by the institution, not an individual, mm. because we, re- we, we, re- we represent the institution. So if it arrives in the institution, that 30 days starts counting from that day. Mm. 
18 minutes after 8 on Rise FM Umkhatsho Chisape Pumalanga Yokana we'll take this breather when we return we still take your voice notes on 072885702 You listening to Rise FM In touch with Mpumalanga In touch with the world This is Rise FM in 60 minutes with Musa Kosana FM in 60 minutes. It's an open line throughout the course of the program and you're more than welcome to weigh in on this conversation that we're having in 21 minutes as mentioned on Rise FM in 60 minutes. Uh, 072-885-7702 is the number to dial in case you uh, want to probe Usesarakhanimotetu, the Chief Director in the National Treasury. She's helping us understand how is government simplifying the process of doing business with government through public processes. And I understand that we have a couple of voice notes. Let's uh, get on to them. Sanbonanda Pomsagati, Ni Busisiwelo, La Eligazi, Bengala Guati, could see if that's her base, Hulumende, your centralized one, Nini, because as cutting listening, Maskuluma, Kulunyang is about your good, it's at a base, your centralizer, your centralizer, Maramazamagi business, Konala, a government complex. 
pastela ngokuthi ifanele usubmit individually to la department lahlukahlukene so bengicela kwathi ukuthi tok figure na sikhathi la ungene ku database maybe yaka treasury or ya national bese uyavela kuwo onke ma database ala i province or maybe even in lamanye ma province nyabonga 072885702 Three comments coming through there on 072 885 uh, The first one, um, it talks of the database centralization. There seems to be um, somewhat of a view that the database is still not centralized. And then the second comment was somewhat echoing uh, voice notes that we've played earlier, talk of, you know, isn't there a way we could try and limit or, you know, downscale the expenditure? Because he also makes an example about senior officials who need to be transported to some of these venues of which that alone costs money. Um, it's, it's like saying... Um we cutting on on public transport or solar transport because um, it, it 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 it's something that every institution would have considered and also looked at the risk as well and and um, for them to spend that money it, it is reflected in, in 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 some of the policies that that we have in government that is why I I I always say that if there's a review of a particular policy. Um, it is important that they give their input because now if it's regulated, it becomes difficult to say you cannot do this when it is there in, in, in the PFMA or the MFMA. Um, and again, uh, it, it, it's important that because what, what we constantly hear from, from, from the callers on some of the um, provinces is that why don't you do away with, with the procurement processes? And we say, look, not everybody has the qualification to run a particular business or get a particular job. Mm-hmm. Some people um, really depend on these transactions to really uh, make it and even put their children so to school. So if you say cut it off, then what do we do with the people who couldn't go to school themselves and they are trying to make ends meet by really participating in these processes? Then we have to uh, find a way of balancing the needs of those who are doing business with government because they depend on it. And for those who say, because we're not um, having opportunities, we can't access them, then scrap it off, which will be unfair for the other ones who really get it right and, and they really feed their families with that. Mm. And, rise of and then the CSU yeah. as well, yeah, yeah. Um, it is the central supplier that every institution across government does mm. have a representative of, of the CSD um, in terms of making sure that if suppliers come to, to an institution, they have queries, they can assist them. They don't have to come 
uh, to Pretoria to do that or go to the farthest of the places to do that. They can go to the provincial treasury. There's a, there's a CSD there. Um, if I'm looking for, for suppliers nationally um, or for a particular or a, com- or a complex commodity, I can just cast my web widely on the CSDMs looking for this commodity. I'm looking for the whole country. And then this is these are the timelines for them to respond to, to this particular RFQ. Mm. Then it will give me a list of all those suppliers that are on the CSD. So if they are not in the CSD, they will not show up in the CSD. Well registered there. I'm chatting to the chief director in the National Treasury, and uh, who is She's my guest this evening. We're looking at how can government, or how is definitely government, uh, simplifying its processes in, in 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 somewhat providing access to new service providers and also keeping the existing service providers within you know their list. If planning is done so extensively, why do we see the cancellation of tenders frequently? Um, if at all the it is impractical, sometimes we get um, the, the the specifications wrong because we don't know what is happening currently in the industry, or it is the first time we we approach that that sector to procure something and then. We get the evaluation criteria wrong um, simply by asking or making certain requirements mandatory when they're not supposed to be mandatory. So when it becomes difficult to work with that um, specification for evaluation, then you have to cancel that tender because you, you go in to try and fit something in, into, into a box and it cannot fit. Mm-hmm. Right? And the second thing, it be, there is no budget, maybe there was budget and then there was a disaster, maybe there was flood in Pumalanga, then other 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 tenders that were advertised have to be cancelled because the money has to be moved to attend to those emergencies where people's lives are in danger. So if the budget is no longer there then you can cancel. Or the priorities maybe have changed like we have seen through COVID where we had to move money from certain line items to put into where um, we required your sanitizers, your facial mask. So if those changes do happen and there's no longer money, because if there's no money under that line item and we continue to procure, then we won't be able to pay the supplier after they deliver. So those are some of um, uh, the, the reasons why we will cancel the tender, if at all. Uh, we advertise the tender and then we got the specifications wrong and the suppliers who responded. They can't give us what you want. Then we have to cancel and restart the process again. Mm. Just maybe the tail end of that answer is to say then, what are the implications thereof if the supplier fails to pay attention to some of the processes? Uh, by the time they see a tender advertised, it, it might be too late, especially if they're in a sector where there are additional requirements or compliance requirements where they have to submit certain certificates, like in the in security industry, um, there are certain certificates that are mandatory. If you don't have them, then by the time the uh, tender closes after 21 days, you won't be able to, to participate because without those certificates or reports, then we can uh, even include you in the process because they are mandatory. You're going to be eliminated at administrative phase. Mm. Just before I let you go, I've got about three voice notes and uh, I'm sure you know Mpumalanga won't be happy if I let you go without having posed this one. So let's maybe take a listen to them. Hi Musa and All your right. guest. 
Will you kindly ask your guest if uh, the Department of Treasury um, grant funds or maybe assistance to young service providers, you know, for them to, to, to provide services or to supply the government with the services they have? Like, is there any money allocated to assist them in that way? Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Thomas Koza. Uh, I want to ask the National Treasury Chief Director uh, if uh, whether they are considering uh, to remove uh, some of the red tapes uh, that makes uh, things uh, more difficult for small and medium businesses to do their business uh, with different government departments. I thank you. Hi, Mosa and your guest. My question is centered around the supper, and I want to find out how often or how frequently or what procedures are used in order to um, give the service business to different people because I've noticed that it's usually the same service provider for up to five years. Does that uh, opportunity get given to different service providers or is it always going to be the same service provider for every single supper? Srahadi, just maybe uh, briefly on that. I mean, the first one was talking about, is there funds available if you are a service provider and somewhat you are lacking on providing a certain service of which you are awarded for? Can you access funds within Treasury? And then the other one talks of just, you know, the red tapes. You know, is Treasury, you know, considering particularly in somewhat leveling the field and taking away those rest, uh, you know, red tapes in in I suppose in some of the departments or some of the way that government does business with small businesses. And uh, I know the last one, you you might have touched on it earlier, but I'd like you to weigh in again as uh, as to why do we keep on seeing the same service provider, uh, you know, providing the service within departments and even SOPA is made mentioned here. Um. Okay. Uh Within government, you have uh, different institutions that are mandated to do different things. Um, with the Treasury, we do policy and we make sure that we level the field in terms of um, the policies that whatever I say is going to be applicable um, across all, all, all sectors of government, all organs of state, so that when a supplier walks into any department, they expect the same expectation in terms of policy. Um, so we don't do, we don't prescribe certain things, but in terms of reducing red tape, we have cut down on, on the paperwork, especially through the CSD. And then we have even opened up um, the publication of, of tenders through the, the e-tender portal so that suppliers can go and see those tenders and then download the paperwork, um, the tender documents directly from the e-tenders without having to go to any, 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 buy newspapers every day to check if there's any opportunity in any of the departments, either in Pumalanga or far away. And then um, the Department of Small Business um, is mandated to make sure that small businesses are supported in terms of um, funding as UCIFA. Um, we do have uh, committees that we sit on with, with these institutions, but it is important that when they approach institutions that offer funding, they know that um, what are so the focus for areas from, from those institutions because you cannot go to a mining industry and ask for funding just to manufacture cars when their focus is in mining. So they need to really make sure that they are aligned to, to, to those in, um, institutions in terms of their mandate. And then also 
um, we don't offer money from the treasury because <laughs> if you are procuring from Kumalanga, CIFA has an office in Kumalanga and they are mandated to make sure that you get the funding to make sure that you can deliver or expand your business or even establish your business um, to do um, either trade with government or even run um, your business outside trading with government. So they are mandated to do that. I'm not sure if I missed anything that I can nah. have an excuse. I don't rush through it. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really have appreciated talking to you this evening and just you providing knowledge and insight into how Treasury works and some of the priorities there. And, you know, some of also, it was quite an eye opener, you know, on the front of the SOPA and the SONA, how service providers could look for opportunities there as president and as well as premiers are tabling their addresses before the council. Really have appreciated talking to you this evening. Thank you so much. I'll talk to the Constitutional Court ruling next week. It's also um, the CSD as well as the scams okay. that suppliers tend to fall for next week when we meet again. Okay, cool. No problem. Really have appreciated okay. talking to Thanks. you. Thanks so much. Enjoy your evening. Thank you so much. Uh, Chief Director there in the National Treasury, Usis uh, Rahari Mozeto. She was my guest this evening talking about how government is simplifying its processes, particularly as service providers are dealing with government. Really have appreciated our conversation this evening. Pumalanga, thank you so much for having lent us your ears and thank you so much for your contributions. It couldn't have been more nicer without you. And uh, this evening, you have done exceptionally well. Really appreciated talking to you. From us here on Rise of Women 60 Minutes, it's an... Uh, I almost said it. Well, I, I don't want to go. But anyways, from us here on Rise for 60 Minutes, I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to go to the next one.